Welcome to the Brave Enough Podcast. Grab some coffee, sit back, or enjoy your drive, and let's get authentic, real, and into the good stuff. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut, and I'm so excited to hang out with you today, where we're going to talk about life and work and all the messy stuff in between. So get ready. In episode 27, Sasha talks about imposter syndrome. Now here's your host, Dr. Sasha Shilkut. Welcome to the Brave Enough Show. I'm so excited to talk to you today about a really important topic that I think affects a lot of people, both men and women. I'm going to be talking to you about it from my perspective, and I've actually given several talks on this, and it's one thing that I feel like I'm constantly learning more and having to deal with in my own life, which is imposter syndrome or imposter phenomenon. But first, I want to encourage you, I'm getting a lot of invitations to speak. And I try to keep up with as many invitations as I can um, on, or excuse me, as many events that I'm going to be speaking at on my website. So if you want to hear me speak, check out the events page on becomebraveenough.com. And I'm also really excited because I have a new way that you can sign up to join my private Facebook group, which is StyleMD. Now this group is only for women attending physicians. I created this space um, in 2016 and it has been an amazing support group. So if you are a a woman doctor who is an attending and you can sign up on becomebraveenough.com and you'll get instructions when you join my mailing list on how to actually join my Facebook group, which is really exciting because before there were all these steps you had to take and now I can add you from an email. So if you want to join that community, um, be sure to sign up on becomebraveenough.com. If you're interested in podcasts, information, in my speaking events, and also in conferences and retreats, which I have I would love to have you join my community. So make sure you sign up on becomebraveenough.com. So I'm going to talk to you today about imposter syndrome. And I want to come to you as a really, you know, authentic and genuine person who struggles with this. And the first time I actually was asked to speak on this, I was like, oh gosh, I don't have this, you know, figured out. Like I still struggle with this. So I'm not really quite sure that I'm the person to give this talk, Um, which was kind of funny because once I started reading about it and understanding more about it, then I recognized that This is something very common with high achievers. And if you don't have imposter syndrome, be glad. But there's also, you're in the minority of the population. People that are low achievers don't have imposter syndrome. People that are narcissists do not have imposter syndrome. And then people that have some mental illness also don't. So um, welcome to the club if you do. If you are a high achiever, you probably have what is called imposter syndrome or imposter phenomenon. Now, I want to talk about it because I think until you recognize it, it can give you a lot of angst. And it wasn't until someone actually said, oh, you have imposter syndrome. I was like, what What are you talking about? I didn't even know that this was a thing until probably a couple years ago when I started reading some leadership books and some information. And then actually someone told me this. So I think unless you actually understand what it is, you don't know that you have it, or you don't even recognize that it's a real thing. And it's not something inside of you that's just struggling, or there's maybe nothing wrong with you. You just have to reframe the way you think about yourself. And why this is so powerful is because 
we can actually change what we've learned, our thoughts, our patterns, and our behaviors about what makes us and how we talk to ourselves. So we have all these belief systems that we're brought up with or that we adopt because maybe we role model them after someone who we think is really great. But I can tell you as someone who is, you know, in the middle of my life and a woman and a mother and a doctor and a leader and an entrepreneur and a writer and a speaker, the more I look back at my life, the more I'm actually trying to unlearn things, (laughs) things that maybe I learned incorrectly, or maybe I taught myself incorrectly. And I became, you know, they became part of my belief system. And once I recognize that, you know, I can actually unlearn things the same way that I can learn things, it just became really powerful the way I talk to myself. So I'm at a phase in my life where I'm unlearning a lot of things. And I hope that maybe I'm sharing this with you and that you can unlearn some things. You know, I have a lot of preconceived beliefs about things. Some are right, some are wrong. I have preconceived beliefs about groups of people, about my own bias, about my own limitations. And I'm having to really dive deep and unlearn several things in my life, which are actually, I think, causing me to grow and causing me to humble myself and to learn. And so I'm hoping that me sharing some of what I've learned about imposter phenomenon today will help you. The first thing is that imposter syndrome is associated with high achievers. And what it is, is it's really the inability to internalize your accomplishments. So this isn't the same thing as someone coming up to you and saying, you know, hey, Sasha, I saw you gave a TED talk. Great job. And you saying, oh yeah, thanks. Yeah, it was no big deal. That's not imposter syndrome, okay? Imposter syndrome is me thinking, okay, I just gave a TED talk and I just tricked everybody because I'm actually a fraud. I'm not a good speaker. I'm no, not an expert on failure. Um, I don't know how I was picked. It was totally luck. And it's believing that someone is going to, you know, call me out and be like, oh my gosh, Sasha is a total fraud. She actually just like, just happened to give a good Ted talk, but she actually isn't a good speaker. And she doesn't know anything that she was talking about for real. She just was making it up. So women tend to do this even more so than men, men and women both have imposter syndrome. It's, it's equal, but the way that we actually display it can be somewhat different. So we have this constant fear of fraud. And when we actually achieve something, women tend to think, we tend to think it's because of like, we're, we just lucked out. Okay. Men tend to think that they're lucky and they're like internally awesome, which I mean, you know, that's, that's actually good. Like in so in many ways, um, women tend to think that, you know, they just got lucky that they were just in the right place at the right time and that everybody's going to figure out that they're a fraud. So I, I wonder if this, you know, has ever happened to you. Um, there was a study done in 2018, just recently by LaDonna and, colleagues. And it's basically, I love this study because they did it on doctors, which is the primarily the group of people that I work with. And I think this though goes across all, you know, professions. If you're listening and you're not a doctor, this can totally relate to you, but it showed that basically people rise to the level of their incompetence. And if they ask high performing doctors to give self assessments of their performance, They basically found that it didn't matter if these doctors were at the end of their career, if they were at the beginning of their career, if they were extremely successful or, 
you know, they had a lot of academic productivity and publications, or if they had grants at, at every career stage, they had self-doubt and they discredited their achievements and kept it to themselves. And what's really powerful about this is it actually affects the way that we receive feedback, which is so interesting to me. So when someone would give them a compliment or someone would give them a feedback, even if it was something that could possibly make them better, they would totally just not accept it because they did not believe about themselves that they actually even earned or or deserved that feedback. And about 44% of the people in one study of physicians said that they completely every day felt like imposters. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. Like, so the thing is that, you know, imposter syndrome can paralyze you because you actually may not perform to the best of your ability because you are so afraid of this limiting belief that someone out there is going to like call your bluff. They're going to say, you know what? You are not an expert in this. You are a total fraud. And so it paralyzes us and it, it stops us from taking risks and it stops us from actually advancing in our career or saying yes to things or maybe being creative or innovative in ways that we doubt ourselves. So we often are so afraid of someone else finding out that we may not aren't as good as we actually are. We believe ourselves to be incompetent, that we don't perform at the level that, that we actually could. And then when we do, we seriously do not believe that we deserve it. So this in my own life has manifested in several ways. I have received invitations to speak that I have quickly rejected and said, oh, I'm sorry, I think you asked the wrong person. It's And, and it's been quite embarrassing when the person who's asked me to speak has emailed me right back and said, no, actually, we know who you are and we are asking you to speak. So right away, what did that say to that person about me? Like I instantly showed this person that, you know, I'm lacking some self-esteem and self-confidence in this area, or that I may not think I am ready to rise to that occasion. And, you know, specifically for me, I had a very bad outcome in my career very early on. And I remember getting up on stages and speaking early in my career at national conventions and conferences, and I would just get tachycardic thinking that someone in this audience knows about that failure. And someone's going to come to the microphone and they're going to call me out on it. Okay. That is, as I said, said it right now, you're probably listening and maybe you're in your car or you're on your way to work or you're taking a walk and you probably think what, <laughs> like almost, you know, I don't know a person who hasn't been to an event or conference and very rarely does someone go to a microphone and like publicly shame another individual. I mean, that just doesn't happen, but this was my fear. This was my over ending fear. And I would actually, try really hard to just get on and off the stage as fast as I could, because I was so scared of someone thinking that I was going to be a fraud or, or feeling like, you know, oh, the jig is up. Like I, I really am not an expert in this. And I was constantly scared of that person who was going to reveal my inadequacies. Well, here's the thing about that. You know, that may happen. You may go into a project or you may stay on, stand on a stage or you may put your, you know, self up for something, put your hat in a ring and someone may call you out and question your capabilities. But you know what is interesting? I now see that that really has nothing to do with me. 90% of the time it has to do with the person. Most people 
that have imposter syndrome are extremely aware of their own limitations and gaps. Most of us know the things that we are good at and the things that we are not good at. We don't actually really require people to give us a lot of feedback. And there's there's been some recent publications in Harvard Business Review about giving feedback and how most people are pretty aware of their big gaps. What they actually need is encouragement to do the things they're good at, not really criticism to, to work on the things they're not good at. So that's an interesting uh, change in some of the way that we receive and give fit feedback. So I've really had to recognize this because it has stopped me from accepting invitations. It has stopped me from believing in myself and speaking up at meetings. It has made me pull back, I think, my best self at times because I'm afraid of being too much. I mean, isn't that isn't that interesting as women? We were we were afraid of being too smart or too confident or having the answer, you know, heaven forbid that it's wrong. Like we are so concerned about that. And so we, we live behind the curtain and I really want this podcast to just encourage you to pull back the curtain and be like, Hey, this is my idea. This is my, these are my skills. I'm, I'm ready to stand, stand forward. I'm ready to take a step. I'm ready to go for it. And I was just talking to a male colleague who is in a position of leadership recently. And he was asking me, he said, you know, I post these positions and I really have a hard time with women applying. And we were talking about how the position was written and how the job description was written. You know, was it written very clearly for a male or was it written in a way that a woman would read it and think I can do that? And was it written in a way to discourage minorities or other marginalized groups from applying? And we were having this really good discussion about this. Um, and, and I, and he's, and he said to me, you know, why is it that, that women just won't speak up and say, I want this job. And I was telling him, you know, well, you know, part of it is imposter syndrome, but part of it is also maybe you've tried and failed before. Maybe you were the best candidate and you weren't selected. That, that hurts. You know, I've, I'm going to be really honest. I've had my face pushed up against the glass ceiling. <laughs> I've, I've been thrown into the glass ceiling and it's not fun. It hurts when you know that you are qualified if not more qualified. And I think that that imposter syndrome starts playing a role because then you start asking yourself, okay, gosh, I thought I was really the next in line for this job. I thought I was the obvious candidate. I thought I had great skills. I was looked over. So maybe I am a fraud. Maybe the jig is up. So it kind of is this negative feedback loop and it can be really powerful when we identify imposter syndrome in ourselves, and when we identify the limiting beliefs that we're telling ourselves around that imposter syndrome. So I call my imposter syndrome, my frenemy or AKA Nellie. I don't know if I'm, I'm totally dating myself right now because I used to watch little house on the prairie. Now, if you're out there and you know what I'm talking about, you know who Nellie Olson is. You can picture her, the blonde with the horrible like ringlet curls and that scrunchy nose and that just terrible face. And then she would always just rain on everybody's parade. And she was the, you know, Laura's nemesis. And she always brought up all of Laura's failures. And, and Laura was the main character in the show. And she would just come constantly remind her of all of her, you know, shortcomings and her limitations. And she would criticize her. And, and, and it was so interesting to me because Nellie, the character was 
dressed better, more polished, um, obviously came from, had more wealth and, and yet she was so negative. And in my mind, when I'm hearing that little friend of me talk to me on my shoulder, it's, I picture her. She, she is the picture of my friend of me. Your friend of me may look very different, but that's what my friend of me looks like. And so I hear her in my, in my voice, in my internal voice, you know, and she's criticizes my past. She brings up my past choices, choices, which may be complete bombs. She brings up my past failures. She brings up the times I was wrong, the times I spoke up and I had not a great idea or the great idea I pitched wasn't really the best idea in the room. She reminds me of my limitations. She calls out all my internal constraints and she just lives and breathes fear. And she's a powerful foe. And I now have to recognize her and shut her up. I have to just recognize, okay, this is my internal Nelly talking. And she's telling me that I'm not as good as the other person in the room, or I'm not an expert in this, or I'm going to fail. She reminds me of my past failures. And I can tell you that what I have learned to do is I have, I I've learned that I have to catch those negative thoughts. And when they're really powerful, what I do is write them down. Now you may be thinking, you write down your, your negative thoughts, but this is what I do and what I teach in my masterclass as well. It's an exercise that we go through and everybody hates it. And all the women in the class are like, really? But it's really actually powerful because when you write down your limiting beliefs or your negative thoughts that you have from your internal frenemy, you recognize how ridiculous they are. And you recognize the source of them. Like what is feeding that? Is it a trigger? You know, there's sometimes that they've actually done studies that people's voices, specific people sitting around a table may trigger you to have complete anxiety or negative thoughts or just shut down or anger. You might get really angry when somebody starts talking because they remind you of someone in your past or maybe you had a you know previous something or whatever. But... I think that it's really interesting because you have to write them down for you to recognize often how much power they are holding over you. So I have done this and I've written them down and it's actually been embarrassing to myself. When I actually write them down, I've had like, I am embarrassed that these thoughts are in my head and not just in my head, they're actually limiting me. They're actually changing what I'm doing. Uh, it's, it's powerful to see that. And so if you have something that you just, you're just like, I can't get there. I cannot push through this thing. I I can't get over this fear. Write down those limiting beliefs, write down those negative thoughts from your frenemy, take them captive, write them down and recognize them when they happen. But here's the cool thing. It takes just as long to listen to your frenemy as it does a positive internal voice. You decide that. You get to decide that. How cool is that? So I have learned that like, okay, I have this really, really, really ugly cousin of Nellie and it's perfection. Perfection and your imposter syndrome are cousins. And the more I try to be perfect, the more I fail because there's no way you can be perfect. Let me repeat that. There is no humanly way that you can be perfect. You cannot be perfect all the time. You can't even be perfect for a day. 
And, you know, I have a strong faith. I believe that, um, when I recognize this about myself and I give myself grace that, that God has given me, I, I am such a better and more authentic person. (laughs) I'm more relatable to others. Um, I give myself, you know, I take that pressure off myself. It's crazy to think that I ever think I can be perfect, but I do. And so I have to recognize that perfectionism is not a good trait. I, for years, thought that's what made me a good doctor. It's what made me a really great person, a good friend, a good daughter, because I was just, I was really a perfectionist. And, but it's so paralyzing. And it is the ugly second cousin of imposter syndrome. So I've had to redefine what making a mistake is to me. What is learning from my failure? I've had to really write it down and look and look and and understand that failure is normal. I've had to put my frenemy to work. So how do we do that? Well, self-compassion. I know I've talked about it before on this podcast, but self-compassion is really powerful. It allows you to get rid of the negative thoughts. It allows you to write them down and recognize how silly and ridiculous and yet powerful they are. And you're giving them that power. It allows you to also work towards change. If you don't have self-compassion, you will not change because you're going to make mistakes while you're trying to change. You're not, you're not going to always be moving in a straight trajectory, right? You're going to take a little step back or, you know, as my friend, Julie Silver talks about, which I love this analogy. I think she's the first one to tell it to me. She said, you know, I don't want you to think about just getting on an elevator or an escalator and going straight up. I want you to think about being on a jungle gym and how you move laterally or sideways or up or down or back a little bit to get to where you need to go. And I love that analogy. I'm like, that is such a good analogy for life because even when you're making progress, you're going to have slip ups. You're going to go back to those negative thoughts. You're going to make mistakes, right? So even if we say, okay, this year we're going to work on imposter syndrome and we're going to improve our self-confidence and we're going to recognize those limiting beliefs, there's going to be a time where the, it rears its ugly head and we have to really take a step back and give ourselves self-compassion. The only way we're going to stop, you know, continually beating ourselves up is with self-compassion. So, I want to encourage you today because I think that there are a lot of times when we don't recognize that it's actually not anyone but ourself that is limiting us. That doesn't mean that we're not going to have critics or we're not going to have haters or we're not going to have backlash. And I will caution you, the, when you start to give yourself self-compassion, and you start to give yourself grace, the grace that is bestowed upon us. People don't know how to handle you. They don't know how to handle a forgiving you to yourself. People really don't know how to handle it. And you might actually face some backlash and you might face some criticism from others when you do start giving yourself compassion. It's interesting. Um, I think that the more I learn to go inward, (laughs) the more peace I have, but oftentimes the more backlash I have from other people, you know, women that are confident are scary to others and true confidence comes from humility and the ability to learn from your failures. They're very linked people, you know, confidence is not arrogance, right? Confidence is having the ability to say, you know what? I failed but it's okay. I'm going to, I'm, I'm confident enough that I'm going to get back up and try again. And I'm going to learn and seek feedback from my failure. And so I think 
one of the ways that we can actually empower ourselves to overcome imposter syndrome is to seek that feedback and not be afraid of it and to recognize that frenemy when she's talking to you. I know so many women that struggle with decisions. I probably get five to seven questions a week from women asking me if they should quit their job, if they should talk to their boss about some unfair treatment, um, if they should talk to a coworker who is treating them unfairly, if they should confront an issue with something. And the question is always really obvious to me. The answer is always really obvious to me. And it's obvious to them. What they're lacking is the confidence to really empower themselves within that decision because they're afraid of the backlash and the failure. And if I could do anything to women is anything, if I could give anything to to each woman that I, I coach and I talk to, I would tell her, you actually don't need me to tell you the answer. You know the answer. You just need to believe in yourself and you need to have the confidence to step forward in that decision. Um, one of my dear friends, um, Amy told me this a couple weeks ago, we were talking about something that I was actually asking her advice about. And she just looked at me and said, move forward with authority. And I literally had chills when she said this to me, I wrote it down on a piece of paper and threw it in my purse because I thought, you know, that is the answer for a lot of things that we have in our life as women. We're trying to walk a fine line. We're trying to, you know, answer society's requests for what a strong woman is supposed to be. (laughs) But oftentimes that's in conflict with who we authentically are. And what I want to leave you with today is just move forward with authority. Don't doubt yourself. Don't think that you're incompetent. And I hope that I've given you some good tips today and I've encouraged you to live brave. This has been an HSG production.